I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job, and now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method, and they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. I am very excited today to be here with dietitian boss Priscilla Blevins, who is the CEO and founder of the multi-six-figure company Keto Girl Nutritionist. She went from making $150 a month to $200 to $20,000 a month within 1.5 years and still scaling with the goal of being a seven-figure business. She provides a holistic, mindful keto approach for women to consistently lose one to three pounds a week, reverse their PCOS or hypothyroidism, and get off of their medication, all while having their taco and margarita. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today, Priscilla. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here after a year. (laughs) Yeah. So before we press record, you and I were reflecting on, uh, before we press record, we were reflecting on the fact that uh, the last interview where I I interviewed you, was it a year ago? (laughs) Yes. I can't believe it's been that long because just time flies with you. Right. Such (laughs) monumental progress um, as a leader, Um, in your space, as an expert in your company, you've just done such amazing things. Um, I was wondering if you could give a little bit of a recap as far as, you know, your progress. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started my private practice, like you said, in my bio, I was like making $150 a month, you know, having one to five clients max doing the bare minimum session to session. And then I started with you uh, just a little over a year ago in May. And that's when I had first had a little higher income for myself was $2,000 with my private practice. And then we go to, I guess, yeah, July, August, and I was starting to scale 3000, then September hit. And after four months of just being in your program, right, I did hit $10,000, which for me was mind blowing, because going from $150 to $2,000 was like, whoa, this is exciting. I can buy, you know, an Apple desktop computer, like, okay, yay, monumental. But just it really having that mindset and reaching $10,000 in four months really grew my growth mindset to know that, you know what, it is possible. I can really obtain having seven figure business. So since then, I've progressed since working with you every every week. And now I have hit over $20,000 a month, which is just amazing. It's incredible. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy uh, they were here inspiring and reflecting on the hard work that you've done and and the strategic work that you've done to get to where you are now. You know, I've only worked with a handful of dietitians like yourself that want to be millionaires. So I want to first start with asking, what has helped you get clear with that being the direction you want to go in? What's the why behind that being a goal? Honestly, the number is just a way that I keep score. It's like, 
a grade. And so that's what I mean, yes, having money is amazing how I can pour back into community how I, you know, can just have financial freedom with my family and amazing like that. But having that financial score of let's put a number on it $20,000 this year, and maybe seven figures and the next, you know, we'll map that out together when that happens, right. And so for me, it's, it's first one knowing my clients are succeeding. And so there is a price for that. And it's a beautiful thing to know that I have a method that works where they can get off of their medication, they can lose one to three pounds a week, and they can follow the keto girl method to replace that medication. So instead of looking at it like, oh, I'm just being greedy and wanting to take money, it's more, it's reversed in the sense that, oh, I am able to give these women a tool set that they thought was never possible. So they can move on with their life and live their best dreams as well in that empowering form. So really that seven figures is just, again, a goal to reach more women so that they can have the same um, success. That's beautiful. And uh, so much from that that I want to unpack, starting with you said you have a method that helps them that you know it works when they follow it. Of course, they have to do their due diligence as well. You know, from the success you have in your clientele that they're able to lose one to three pounds a week. So what's helped you codify that method and get clear on how you're helping people um, to get to where you are now to speak with such confidence. I think that's going to really inspire the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, like anything else, I love that I was able to transition. I had, you know, started out with the one-to-one clients and I transitioned to groups. And as I was testing it out, then I worked with you to fine tune my method where it became feasible in the three month span of working together. So I was able to help more people in a shorter amount of time, which helped me fine tune that method. And so of course, you know, I had my one-to-one client initially when working with you, she was able to get off of her medication within three months of working with me. So I knew there was something there. And then as I enrolled more clients into my group and by month three, you know, I was having, you know, more like three to five clients being able to decrease their medication and others get off of their medication. So I knew it was there, but it really was planning it out, mapping it out so that there was that framework um, where they were seeing um, weight loss indicators their first month. And then, noting in the methodology, okay, what's the next step? We want to target the metabolism. Then the third month, let's get the labs redrawn and assessing things like that um, has been pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. And then what I love that you just said is it started with one client and then mm-hmm. you helped her get off medications. And then you saw that that worked for the, the next three to five clients. And so mm-hmm. it all starts with one sale, one success story for you to build that up. Um, and so I appreciate you, you taking it down to the, that granular, of, those granular of examples, considering that now I know you have a lot more clients and you're making like, a very substantial amount of money. So I appreciate that reference back to when you started from zero, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, can you just explain a little bit more about what you mean by mapping it out? When you say you mapped out your method, what helped you, like, what is a method? And can you give one or two key tips or reference points? Because I think a lot of the listeners don't understand how important it is to create your own process and mm-hmm. then do that um, sooner than they think. So can you explain like, in your terms what that means to you? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm still developing it and I'm fine tuning it, but really it's 
to me, a roadmap, a roadmap that they can follow on day one that they get started and they see the expectations of what's expected of them as they progress from day one to day uh, 90 of working together. And so it's following, okay, what does week one look like? It looks like jumping in, starting to follow the meal plan, starting to take note of what hunger and fullness looks like. Then we'll maybe jump to like week three. What does a little bit of intermittent and fasting look like. And so instead of just saying here, here's the book, you know, follow X, Y, and Z, do all the meal plans, do the same thing every day. You progress them at their level, the beginner's level, and then slowly build their confidence as they start to see that success and start to see that weight loss and start to feel better to integrate other forms of like fasting, how much, how little, um, having some higher carb days come month two, once you have met losing, you know, your first one to three pounds consistently for the last uh, three weeks. Um, and so that's, you know, they have to meet the these goals within the time And I always tell them, you know, it's a timeline. It's a suggested timeline. You know, no two people are alike. So if you're losing, you know, a little less or you go on vacation, that's okay. We can back up. You're not failing, but this is just kind of more the expectations to assess how you're doing and how we need to keep progressing you so that you are seeing that success. So you can really keep that consistent weight loss and eventually be able to get off of that medication. I love the explanation and the flexibility, right? So you're Mm -hmm. you're leading and guiding people with a clear roadmap. That's your unique process as Mm -hmm. to how you've gotten clients to lose weight and get off medication, but you're also padding in flexibility for life, right? Vacation, individual needs, you know, people are complex. So I think that that's a really helpful way to explain it so that the listeners know that the methodology is is a suggestion that, that has some flexibility and then your clients also can feel relieved right? So they don't have to fall mm-hmm. into that perfectionist trap. And then you as well, as a service provider, right? You, you know that uh, there's also some variability um, to what you're telling people as well. So that's, that's a really nice way to put it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now with your, your methodology, your unique way of how you help people go through uh, the rubric and the framework of what they need to do to achieve the outcome that you sell them in the time frame allotted, right? Mm-hmm. What was the hardest part Or what came more easily than you thought when creating this methodology unique to your clients and unique to your expertise? So so what's the hardest part about meeting the method? So what was the hardest part about creating it? And what was it like, what came easier than you thought? For example, maybe what was harder than you thought was, uh, like you said, readjusting it. Maybe what was easier than you thought was just getting started. So what part of the methodology process um, came easiest to you as a, as a you know dietitian creating uh, you know your unique process. Absolutely. So yes, it, it's one of those things like, oh yeah, I know this works personally, or I've seen this in one client, but it's another way to break it down so that you can literally have 30 plus people following it at any given time and seeing results their first week, their fifth week, their 12th week uh, given to the method. And so really I had to assess, you know, based just upon the couple of clients I had one-to-one, what, what was a common theme? What was a common pace where they saw weight loss? What was realistic? Um, and so for me, I did struggle initially with the method because I just wanted again, oh yeah, follow X, Y, and Z. Here's your meal plan. Start losing weight, start fasting, doing it all at the same time. And I had to really 
realize, nope, they're not robots. We need to progress them slowly. Um, and then having to write it out in a methodological, I mean, you know, way that made sense, right? From uh, you take the baby steps. You don't just throw in, you know, do a 48 hour fast day one, see how you do, (laughs) you know? So definitely having a system in place for that uh, and looking at it that way. So writing it out was honestly the hardest part. I remember being frustrated with you about that part. It's like, I just want it done. Yep. So I, I, I'm so glad you're sharing this because writing it out definitely is challenging. It's no easy Mm -hmm. task and it's super important. One Mm -hmm. of the highest value use of your time as you know, Priscilla and I says in the program uh, is either creating your unique method or process or conducting webinars uh, like this, being on a podcast, any type of appearance in public speaking um, is going to really be a good use of your time. So it's not necessarily easy to get it out on paper, but it's also really important to support your goal of helping more people coming up with unique a unique process that is individualized to you as a service provider and that helps people reach their goals as indicated by the success you've helped them achieve. Of course, mm-hmm. it's an iterative process, but getting started and getting it out on paper is the first step. So I'm, I thank you for sharing that. So if that came the hardest, what was it that came easier? Was it after you wrote it out? Uh, just as a recap, you know, piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I, the part that's the easiest now that I have it written out and I have a timeline for the clients, I was able to then develop modules for them based upon that where I went and made seven different modules, broke it down even further so that I don't have to repeat myself every time recapping. Okay, this week you're doing this, this week you're doing that. They can go watch the modules. And then as far as, you know, I believe in, you know, always continued improvement. So I listen to my clients and I hear, okay, I'm hearing majority are maybe struggling with this X, Y, and Z. And so I need to go back and revisit my methodology and break it down a little, you know, differently, a slower way of progressing into uh, whether that's fasting, how much or, you know, carbs, etc. I love that. So that's the, uh, you know, the iteration process. So you're, you mm-hmm. have an outline, you're getting feedback, and you're adjusting it, but not necessarily every day, you, right. you have a strategy of how you're adjusting the process to slow it. It's very common that we need to slow down. What mm-hmm. we tell people to do because people oftentimes need, uh, you know, less of the less information as dietitians right. and to give them mm-hmm. much information. It's very very common. Um, so, looking back, do you have any any thoughts about you creating your unique method? Do you wish you did it earlier? Are you glad you did it when you did? Any any kind of thoughts on that line of thinking in regard to getting started? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would have always have loved to have gotten started sooner. But for me personally, I really did find a lot of great impact as I did, you know, previously work clinically and saw a lot of uh, thyroid imbalances. I worked with the doctor on medication. I had that liberty a lot with my doctor. I've worked in a great clinic at the time. So for me, that built my confidence so that when it came to then transitioning to full-time private practice, I already had that confidence behind me as far as the medication, understanding that it's important for them to work their doctor at the same time with me. So I was able to build that into my program at the same time. Um, so I think it was the right time for me. But you know, again, no matter where you are, you just need to jump in. And if you see that you're seeing a change with whatever is working for you personally, whether it's diet and exercise, and you want to portray that to 
a client so that they start seeing that success. And then you have a passion for a certain niche, just write it down as you go. Like what is working? What are you passionate about? And then that develops into your own method. I love that. That is a really helpful piece of advice for the listeners. It's also extremely challenging. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so do you think that having support and accountability in this process helped you move forward versus if you were to have had just kind of known this on the side and, and took a stab at it? Oh, absolutely. I didn't even know what I was doing on day one. I'm just like, okay, okay, I'll talk to them, see what's going on, tell them to eat a little less, eat a little differently. But I didn't have it broken down. And so when you it's kind of like when you prepare for, you know, a speech, you write it down, then you have your outline, at least that's how I do it. And so then you just become more confident because you already know the groundwork of that research and where it came from. I love that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great example. Um, I think that that's relatable for a lot of the listeners. And uh, just to keep in mind that also when you're developing your process, you can for the listeners you can start with something really small. So you can you know build on it with time and experience. I think that and, and what I teach is that your method, your your unique process of helping people uh, becomes strengthened the more people you run through your program. It's not possible to develop a complex, well-developed method if you've only ran five people through it. So you're going to need at least 40 people plus to go through your process for your ability to iterate. And I know, Priscilla, you have had that, but for mm-hmm. the listeners out there who haven't had enough people that you've worked with, whether it's group or private in the specialty that you, you know market to, you need people who are going through the framework that you teach. So, you know, you know, what's the feedback, what's the progress, what's going on? Are they following it? Why not? There's so many different levels um, to look at that. You're going to need a, you're going to need a decent sample size. I mean, at least 40, I would suggest hundreds, mm-hmm. if not thousands, but again, starting, starting somewhere and building up is, is a great first step yeah. so for, for sharing about your method and looking back as a, you know, as a multi six figure earner who started from zero just a month or sorry, just a year ago, year and change ago, and you've been able to leverage the power of social media, what would you say um, has been, if you were to boil it down to like two or three points in the last year, what has been the most helpful key thing in your progress that has helped you move forward to get as to our, as social media goes? Just in general, what we mm-hmm. it could be mindset, like reframing, and I mean, what, it could be anything. It doesn't have to yeah. be social media specifically, but it can be. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the first biggest step, which honestly is mindset, absolutely knowing you have what it takes to help change women's lives, and you know it works. Even if you've only had it work for one person, you help change that one person's life, and so there's something there. And so you have to hold on to that one client success, even when you're just starting out and have very little experience. So mindset is honestly at the root, uh, the entire foundation of everything else. Everything else can be improved upon with just skill and learned, um, but mindset has to be be there to and being willing to change and be flexible and, and then and grow. That's great. And so um, anything specific with your mindset that's helped you, uh, for example, affirmations, connection, showing up to, you know, group coaching calls, anything specifically that you think has been, I mean, I know there's, it's, it's not ever one thing, mm-hmm. but would you say that there's a specific example that's helped you? Yeah. I mean, just knowing that, 
just knowing that I have what it takes, the mindset of, I mean, it's very complex. I'm still working on growing my mindset and fine tuning it and developing my own growth. I, I don't, what do you call your growth mindset? What do you call them? Uh, your affirmations? Yes, affirmations. I am still doing that as a daily progress. Um, but really, it's my client success that is growing my mindset even more. But when I have, let's say, a slow week, right? Or nobody purchases from me that week, or I have a negative Nancy who says I'm too expensive. Yep. I just say, I have to just block it and say, you know what? I am going to focus on my clients right now because they are seeing that success. I'm not going to think about anyone else um, who has negative feedback because they aren't in my group. I know that what I do is making a difference. So I, I really do. My people, my clients, they are my biggest why for what I do. And as I keep getting more clients, I just keep growing in my mindset. That's beautiful. So basically the success you're able to give your clients helps strengthen your mindset and your ability mm-hmm. to get your clients. We have to go back to that. I'm assuming it would be showing your face and putting yourself out there. If you were to take right. even further, right. Mm-hmm. Cause there, there might be some listeners that say, oh, goodness, I don't have any clients, right. How do I get to where Priscilla is? Mm-hmm. Um, I reiterate that earlier on today, you referenced back to your, you know, one client, your first, you know, first three to five clients that had success decreasing medication and losing weight. So mm-hmm. if you were to rewind it before the you know enormous client successes that you've been having that you've been able yeah. to you know create under your belt, what helped you get to that point? Mm. I think it was just that burning desire to know that, well, how am I different? My skill set than Libby. Libby did it. She's a dietitian. She worked in clinical. So I can grow too. Cause I really did have a cap. I really thought that, you know, I would just be happy if I ever made maybe, you know, $80,000, you know, a hundred thousand dollars after maybe 10 to 15 years of working, et cetera. So just knowing that I am worth it really just my identity, knowing and trusting myself at the time, even when I didn't have any other clients was a huge one. Beautiful. I mean, I was thinking you were going to say show hashtag show your face, but you gave them a, a really <laughs> great vulnerable answer. So thank you for sharing that. And, and I love the reference saying that's part of why I do what I do. You're saying, you know, I did it so you can do it. And I'm mm-hmm. hearing you saying that you can do it. So the listeners can do it. Right. So it's absolutely beautiful to share that. And I know, you know, being in a group program, you see other people at different levels achieving their goals. And it's inspiring to know that we can think bigger and it's understandable both as women and healthcare providers, specifically dietitians. It's not common for us to think big. So I'm Mm -hmm. super excited that you're public about wanting to create a million dollar business and you're on your way. And you're really role modeling for, for other dietitians. The more money you make, the more people you help, uh, really, the, the more that your you know method and your unique process is able to transform lives, and that's going to keep motivating you as well as your colleagues, right? And, and whatever expertise or specialty they have, they're going to say, "Wow, like Priscilla's done incredible work in that mm-hmm. space." Of Absolutely, keto. yeah. So in addition to mindset, anything else? I mean, it sounds like we could just, you know, mic drop right there, like mindset's it. You broke it down, gave great examples. <laughs> anything else that you think has helped you get from quitting your clinical job? We didn't even mention that, right? So mm-hmm. side hustle, made hundreds of dollars going from that position to being able to, you know, make 
$20,000 months and mm-hmm. having a clear you know, path to be able to increase that. Um, anything besides mindset that, or you think that that would, that would just be like the main thing you would share? Yeah. I mean, definitely mindset is at the foundation, but thereafter it's getting on the level of your client that you prospectively want to help. You have to feel their pain. You have to look at it at how they see it at their level before they're in your program and have to see what do they really want right now without knowing anything else? What is their biggest pain? Because I didn't quite get that for quite a long time. And then once it really clicked, once I had the clients and they were telling me on the sales calls, this is honestly where I get most of my social media. Yes, on client calls, but more on sales calls where they're telling me prior to my program, their biggest pains, their biggest struggles, what they're not able to do, feeling hopeless. I'm their last result. Like that is like, I use that pain so that I can throw that into my marketing. I can talk about it in my stories and let them know that they're being heard because so many of my clients don't feel heard. So when they finally see that I have something, I I have the result that they want and I understand that pain, they will buy it. They will buy it all day long. It's incredible. I mean, you just, you just hit it and you've turned into an amazing marketer and that's what good marketers do. They Mm -hmm. understand the pains of their clients or their ideal clients and they leverage that and they use that and it helps them, you know, relate and connect. And that's what I'm hearing is that people have a burning desire to get help and you offer them a solution to what they need mm-hmm. and you're able to connect and address with them on all levels from the touch point of your marketing to the sales call to the delivery of the service, which is the methodology that you've been able to create with you know, multiple clients under your belt that have similar kinds of pains, right? So it's just kind yes. of that trifecta that you're able to create after knowing what they want and need with their pains, meaning their you know, underlying desires. Absolutely. And I did. I had, it was just more of a friend, you know, they were just giving me a hard time the other day and they're like, well, don't you ever feel bad for trying to sell people based upon emotion? And I'm like, they get what they want. They literally on, I've not yet had a graduation call where they're like, dang, I wasted all my money. Every one of them, even if they had slow progress to the ones that got off of their medication and lost 25 to 30 pounds, they were so appreciative. It was a well-rounded, great program that really shifted their mindset, gave them habits for the long term. And I am able to see my clients now, like they are not obsessing about food anymore. They've moved on and they're doing all these other fun hobbies and other things in life, going on to other jobs because finally they feel better. They, They feel confident. And so just seeing that, I know for them, that was worth it for them. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I also want to mention mindset, right? Because you're mm-hmm. saying that uh, someone is asking you, I think you said a friend is saying like, do you feel yep. bad? Like I would reframe that. Like you're changing people's lives. Yep. People, you, you are their last resort. Mm-hmm. They're hopeless. They're confused. They're medicated. They're you know possibly depressed, if not some yep. kind of mental ailment. And they don't know what to do and they don't know who to trust. And you're literally like changing and transforming the trajectory. And that's exactly. a beautiful thing because it goes like this in sales. If you, and you know this, Priscilla, if they don't, if you don't help them, somebody else will. Right. 
So right. it's really, you know, you're doing them a service and it's just changing your mindset about sales. And you've obviously done that. And, uh, and it's, it's humorous to me to hear you reference what other people say, um, because that's so common for people to push back. Oh, you know, you, you must be uh, greedy if you want to be a millionaire or how could you sell, you know, you're you know, taking people's money and that's not the way to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. You're helping more people and you're solving their problem and you are a resource and an expert. And it's a beautiful aligned thing for you to fulfill, especially since, as you said on this um, interview, only a year or so ago, you thought 80, 80K was the ceiling, right? And you've blasted right. through that. Um, and you're just getting started. Right, right. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah, really incredible. So it's, it's all part of the mindset, right? Just to kind of go full circle with that foundation. I'm so glad that you hit on that um, because it is super important. And I would say to add to that, to improve your mindset, yes, that daily affirmations can help listening to people that inspire you. I like to read autobiographies. And, and I've already, I remember I was telling you, Priscilla, in our, our um uh, clients in the executive program, what I do for mindset, but mm-hmm. one of the most important things I would suggest, and, and I do it myself, is to surround, to surround yourself by like-minded people who think mm-hmm. similarly to you. So that's yeah. why, it, I mean, it's super important to do that. Do you have any thoughts on that as far as connecting with people who are kind of in a similar trajectory, if not revenue, they fellow dietitians, private practice operators, things like of that nature. Is that something that you find is key or what, what do you think about connecting with like-minded um, entrepreneurial individuals? No, absolutely. And it's, you know, sometimes it can be like, oh, you just only want to be with a select group of people. Again, there's all these mindset people will always put up excuses because I know for me, it used to be that thing like, oh, you think you're better than other people. You want to be in that niche and no, but I want to keep growing and my goals are up here. And if I just surround myself with the majority of people that I don't per se want to have similar goals with, you know, I'm never going to grow. So making sure that, I mean, I just love that your program has so many, um, touch-ins, you know, with meetings, not just once a week, not just once a month, like being able to be in that growth mindset with other like-minded women puts you in that mindset more often and more frequently than think that that is the norm and that is the expectation. And that is what helps you grow to keep continuing that uh, growth money-wise, methodology-wise, clients, satisfaction, all the great things. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I absolutely agree. Uh, <laughs> the more, the better once you can find that like-minded group. So yeah, we, we offer a ton of calls and support in our program. And I, I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, it's on you, the, the learner, um, meaning the audience, it's on you to take initiative and find those people and make those connections and be active. And what I love about you, Priscilla, is that you show up on calls and you engage and, um, you know, you, you engage in the conversation. We were just talking about philanthropy the other day and, and things that are not just money, although it's great, you know, talk about sales and your prices and your quarterly goals and mapping those out are all part of going on the trajectory towards increasing revenue and profits and serving more people. But there are other things involved in that as well, such right. as meaningful conversations about how you're able to impact your community. And you said that at the top of the interview and that, that those conversations are discussed as well. So it's just nice to keep that conversation fluid and top of mind. And that can possibly help reinforce the affirmation practice because you're keeping yourself in that environment. Unlike, you know, in clinical and in school where we've got this trajectory that thinks small and puts us into a box and tells us we can't get a raise or we, you know, we can't expect one. We have to do a thousand hours where we can be a certified diabetes educator where we might 
might make, you know, $10 more an hour, which is still going to be, you know, $70,000 a year, which is, you know, a lot more work to go down that path. Not that that's bad. That's, that's great, but it's a lot of work for a clinical mm-hmm. you know, nine to five job. That's not going to give you the same opportunities as if you were to start a side business or like you, Priscilla, making it full time, which is just yep. super rewarding. Absolutely. And I'm just going to reset and say, you know, I was doing all the things. I went from, yes, having my first dietitian job clinically, then to having this passion to, yes, I want to grow. And so then I started doing all the things prior to meeting you. you. I was working clinically. I had 120 patients. I was an adjunct professor. I had 80 students. And then I, you know, I was doing all of this busy work and spreading thin just so I could make that 10,000 extra dollars, literally. And so finally, it's like, okay, sometimes, yes, absolutely. There is that window where, yes, you have to work harder and you know, there you've got to grow. You've got to slowly open your private practice while you are working full time. It can work, but then also you'll have to know as you do scale in your private practice, as that becomes more of your passion, then it's okay to slowly let go of the other so that you can finally do what you love and not be spread thin. We are hitting on all the topics today. That's <laughs> a big one, and that's come up recently. Are you? Um, that's a mindset thing, right? Yeah. That yes. The thing you once had and cherished the most, whether, you know, it's, it's the clinical job you worked hard to get, understandably, because it's competitive mm-hmm. to even get a clinical job uh, or, you know, an adjunct professor position, you then have to decide and align when to let it go. So do you, you want to share anything um, specific to your journey or just in general? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I was doing all the things this same time last year, along with having the private practice. And so I would go come home from work, check in with my students, and I would check in with my private practice clients. So I was just like working easily 60 plus hours a week with all of this. And so... Finally, I started working with you. And then come September, I did have my first $10,000 month. And so finally, I didn't just quit my job. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I made $10,000. I personally thought at the time, well, that's a fluke. It just happened. Will it continue to happen? Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) I was still in that mindset. I was not confident. It was just like, whoa, that's kind of scary. And then January finally hit and I said, okay, I finally dropped my hours in clinical to 32 hours so I could have Fridays off. And at this time, I was making anywhere from $6,000 to $10,000 a month still. So kind of ridiculous that I was still doing that. But it was a fair thing. I was just like, oh, no, this, you know, $3,500 paycheck a month, you know, could make or break it just in case. And finally, I... I was just like, you know what? You talked to me and you you literally said, Priscilla, you're never going to make a seven-figure business by doing all of this. So <laughs> finally, I was like, I chatted with my husband. And after finally seeing, okay, three consecutive months of great income, I did. I bit the bullet. I quit my clinical job and at, at the end of February, went full time with my practice, and I doubled my income the following month, and have always been increasing since then. And then just this summer, I also picked my adjunct professor job. So it's been a progression. Everyone has different steps. I am in my mind slow, (laughs) because I'm secure and um, 
but it's been totally worth it because you're right. I've only been growing and now I've doubled my income from since I quit my clinical job for sure. Incredible. Thank you for sharing that breakdown. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have to ask about your husband too. Like how does he feel about all this? It's got to be a big you know, transition for him to digest. Is he supportive of everything? What does he think? How is he kind of handling all of the, the, the growth and happening in your world? Yeah, absolutely. So he's always, he's always been awesome. He's always believed in me. He wanted me to get going with my private practice. And he was, he was a little hesitant about, whoa, going to 32 hours full time. But then the more he saw the numbers, the more we talked about it, he was like, all right, go all in, do it. And, you know, of course, I feel good that I'm, uh, you know, he has a decent paycheck. And I knew that, okay, bare minimum, if I made that, you know, we did the finances, we sat down, had that adult conversation. And so, of course, we felt good. I didn't just do it on my own whim. But ever since, you know, he's always had my back and supportive. It's been great. And even to this day, you know, he, he'll just sit and he'll listen to me. I'm the sole owner owner of my company. He wanted me to be, he wanted me to feel that it was mine. So he's just there in the back saying, go you, you're doing awesome. And it's great. It's really nice to hear. I'm sure the listeners are going to be really inspired by that. I, I know I am. And I know we are inspired a dietitian boss because you, you need a, a, a tribe, right? So mm-hmm. your familial unit, your, your friends, your, your business peers, uh, it's important that they all uh, understand where you're going and that they they support you when you choose to be around people who do support you so that you can cultivate that strong growth mindset. Um, so thank you for sharing the example of how you were able to let go. You, it sounds like you looked at your goal, had a, we had a conversation, you said, this path isn't going to get me here. Sure, maybe it took you a few months, but you still, you left and, and you're, you're making huge fast progress. And now you're in a position where you're putting your, your double down, your business is your number one, um, mm-hmm. and you're able to double the revenue, which is great from, from you had said before. Would right. you be able to share just briefly about the uh, price increase or do you have anything? It, it, I feel like mindset's just a thread in the entire conversation. <laughs> any right. tips or any stories or reflections about increasing your price? And, and you and I know that that's going to help mm-hmm. you on the trajectory towards reaching a million dollars to increase your price faster. What has been kind of the most challenging aspect of that? Now you have raised your prices, but mm-hmm. what's been difficult in it versus you just kind of doing it with a snap of the fingers? Right. Absolutely. And and so the main thing is, will people pay? There's always that little fear because when you consistently sell at a certain price, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel again, that word secure, which is always underlying so much. And if you don't feel secure, it has that fear involved. But so that's the biggest thing when it comes to price and mindset for myself. Um, But I also think like, well, I'm increasing pricing, but I'm not changing my program. I surely have to add all these things to it to make it more worth it, right? But I think with you just sitting down conversating and saying, well, are your clients seeing results? Are they happy with it? If so, then why not increase them? You are having, you're selling, you know, everyone on the sales calls, you, you know, you can't service them all over. Otherwise I'll probably be at like I was when I was working the clinical job, the adjunct professor job, right. And feeling over my head and not being able to provide that top quality. So that mindset shift, knowing that I have to increase pricing so that I can keep my groups the way they are so that they continue to see that success instead of letting them become too massive and the quality goes down. 
Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like you were able to reflect, see that you can increase your price. You don't need to do anything different to the program per se, mm-hmm. uh, because your clients are happy and it's part of supply and demand. You have more people who want to work with you. Uh, you have a specific goal in mind that we've mapped out and you're taking the action steps you need to get there. And yeah. you're doing it with success. You're selling people at a higher <laughs> price point. I am. I am. <laughs> How, a couple couple final questions that I mm-hmm. want to chat about. Um, again, love you sharing your story. Thank you for you know holding space and um, you've, you're really doing incredible work. I can't wait to you know see in six and twelve months uh, how, what you're doing and, and how you're continuing to impact and of course uh, reaching your goal, which is really exciting. Yeah. That being said, how does setting quarterly goals, um, you know, writing it down on paper, having things mapped out, how has that helped you or or kind of uh, adjusted your process or progress towards reaching your seven figure goal? I mean, honestly, that has been besides the mindset that has been the, honestly, the most change. It's amazing. I love it. It has really made my success this last quarter since we did the whole quarterly review together. Cause I'm a big, write it out, put a number on it, put a timeline on it. And that gives me a goal each month to work for. That's realistic. It's just like me sitting down with my clients, breaking down their weight loss journey. Let's take the average of what you're doing and have a plan for it. So for me, I, it's scalable. It's massive. And and I don't think I'd be quite where I am today with my success if I hadn't have gone back just three months ago and made out my quarterly goal for Q2. That's great. That's really, really helpful feedback. And so what you mean by that is sitting and reflecting on what am I doing? What do I need? And you came super prepared to that call, which I love <laughs> to remember it. And you said, this is where I you know, want to go. I've thought through what I need to do. And then I, I want to chat in a minute about the holes we helped you fill on um, the executive program, but what you're saying is that writing it out, mapping about mapping it out, and then having accountability has helped you hit those targets and break it down. Right, quarter meaning every three yep. months versus you know annual every twelve months. You know, kind of breaking down what those expectations are to to help you clarify and prioritize what you need to do to drive the business forward. Absolutely. And it's just like, you know, checking your bank account, your savings account, your progress to pay off your mortgage. Like if you don't write it out and just let it happen, you you could have it paid off so much sooner, right? It's the same concept. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so thank, thank you for sharing that. And in your goals, you had mm-hmm. wanted to increase your price and roll more clients and you've obviously you know, achieved that, which is great. Mm-hmm. One of the things we identified was leveraging a VA. So mm-hmm. the last thing I wanted to chat about today is what, what can you share that you've learned from hiring help and having somebody do some of the lower end tasks like admin in your business to relieve you and help you focus on the higher level tasks, such as ironing out your method and, and doing things like being on this podcast to help you increase your visibility, right? So what's helped you get in that headspace or what tips and tricks do you have about hiring a virtual assistant in your company? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it can be scary at first because again, I waited just until literally like two months ago until I hired a VA because I was still like, this is my baby. I'm seeing all the success. What if I give it to someone else and they mess it all up? Right. And so you really did. You encouraged me again, going back to the seven figure, you, you said you're not going to be scalable to seven figures unless you get help now. So that really encouraged me to go with the VA started off, you know, okay, let's start off with just 10 hours a month, something simple. But 
I love it. I started off with a great VA. Uh, it's been phenomenal since I've had it. it. Took all my fears away. Now I didn't just throw her into a mess. I didn't say, okay, do all these things. I started her out very basic. Okay, let's start scheduling out Facebook posts. Start scheduling out my monthly newsletter. Doing these basic monotonous tasks that just took up time for me. And then I had her start creating writing it out. So just in case she gets sick, someone else has to fill in for her, write it out verbatim so that someone else can fill in. But honestly, it's been life changing. I love it. And I'm giving her more tasks to do as I trust her and she's more comfortable with me and we're learning each other. Um, And it's given me that free time to go do fun things, though I can enjoy some of the money I've had go to a spa for a day and relax, which I made a sell. I still took a sell call and I was more relaxed. And it just helps me do higher level things like get closer and look closer into the marketing and the program development. What are they wanting? Instead of busying myself trying to post to just, you know, okay, let me put a comment in Facebook when that can be scheduled out. Love it. Yeah, that's great. So I'm so glad you, I, I can't believe I was going to wrap up without talking about the spa. Like how yes. cool is that? I absolutely love that you're embracing the spa. You're enjoying it. You're mm-hmm. taking it for yourself. Um, I do want to make sure we, we end with that because that is yes. such an important piece, especially towards growing such a big business, like a million dollar business because uh-huh. the, you know, 3% of uh, you know, uh, millionaires are, are women. So it's really amazing that you are, you know, on your way. And I have no doubt you will get to that destination. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to share that and experience that together, which is super cool. Um, that being said, you know, getting to that road and baking in self-care makes it more fun, more balanced, makes you, uh, you know, more fun to be around because you'll be more, uh, you know, you, you won't be grumpy, right? Taking time right. For to decompress. And you mentioned that feeling relaxed at the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it has also been inspiring for my clients. I've been able to build it into the program and like, you know, self-care is huge, decreasing those stress hormones and they're inspired by it. And I, I know, and I posted something about my spa day. I had at least three of my clients write me and said, they already scheduled for a massage. They were so excited and inspired. I'm like, that's so cool. Incredible. And what inspired you to do that? Well, you. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that I inspired you, you inspire them, and then they're going to inspire their friends. And then it's just going to create this whole, you know, cyclical effect. This super, super cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think spa days, like dietitian spa days becoming a thing. I love they are. And I did another spa today. I mean, it was just a short spa day, but it was great. And I made another sale. So I'm almost thinking like that should be my new workplace. <laughs> I, that's th- th- that's a great idea. So I'm there at least twice a week right? Uh, at my local spa, um, considering three days. And, and much like you, sometimes I'll do a short day. Sometimes I'll do a long day. Mm-hmm. My husband will come with me. Sometimes he won't, but it's definitely um, a great oasis. Mm-hmm. Um, a really nice way, you know, I'll read and, and it's just, it's wonderful. Great way to okay. bring up the week and, and to really make sure you're thinking of, of what feels good to you to re-energize. Your mm-hmm. So um, on, on the VA note, just cause I feel like uh, <laughs> I got distracted. I heard the word spa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. I got super excited on the VA note. Um, what do you wish you would have hired sooner? Cause I remember it was hard for you to take that plunge. Was there anything that helped mm-hmm. me in that process? easier since kind of handing things over, even if you're starting small can be nerve wracking for an entrepreneur um, who's letting go of control, which is something we all need to do to scale to a million dollars, right? You have Mm -hmm. to be able to learn how to delegate. So these are essential foundational skills that you're, you're learning and integrating into your practice. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I could have definitely have done it sooner. Definitely the first of the year instead of midway through the year. And I'm sure, you know, just having her, I've hit my highest month already, you know. So I know that she could have helped me with that sooner. Just having that freedom to allow me to focus more on higher level things. But uh, just, you know, looking back, you know, just knowing that I can start out basic and just building upon that trust and not feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm paying her a set amount of money. I have to have or do everything. Just knowing that it's a learning process, you'll get them there. What's important is establishing a process right now and making sure they're confident and competent in it, double checking everything. And also just you know having that good uh, relationship with them and the process as you slowly expand and give them more tasks. What um, helped you get into that mindset to break things down, have a process and build a relationship with them and humanize that connection? Like, was there anything that you think you can share with the listeners that'd be helpful? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was getting on the call with Sarah, your operations instructor and helping me map it out so that I knew, okay, these are basic tasks and these are basic tasks that I have no problem finally giving up because they're just monotonous. Yep. Um, so that was huge. Just seeing it, hearing it, that took away a lot of the unknown. That was big. Yeah, I love that. So really, you know, stepping into your community and having support to help you create a relationship and, and set a foundation because if you would have done that, you know, independent of clarity and foundation from an op- someone who's mm-hmm. operationally sound, like Sarah, our director of operations, um, that might not have gone so smoothly. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that you're prioritizing relationship and you're humanizing that connection. That's really important when mm-hmm. hiring. In future episodes, we're going to talk more about hiring. I know we've just tapped on it lightly, but I also like mm-hmm. Priscilla, how you're able to say to get to where you need to go, right? And your Mm -hmm. clarity, what your goal is of a seven-figure business, you need to hire and work with and leverage virtual assistants, right? So I love that you know that. And and one of my favorite parts about this interview, in addition to all your reflections and the focus on mindset, and you're talking about self-care specific to the spa and how you're able to integrate that and still make sales, my favorite thread here in this conversation is that you know where you're going. And that really is half the battle. A lot of dietitians you know, are, are not thinking about what their goal is. And there's no judgment whether the goal is to, you know, you want to help a thousand people, you want to make a million dollars, you want to make a hundred thousand dollars, or a lot of our clients want to work five, 10 hour weeks, right? And that's cool too. So whatever your goal is, I think crystallizing that and really thinking it through, and that is, you know, part of the work we do in the executive program is going to help you know what to do to maximize your time. So I think you being able to share your vision today um, Priscilla is really, really inspiring. So thank you for taking time. Is there anything uh, that you want to close out with today and share with the listeners as we wrap up? Honestly, just just get started. You are going to be your biggest mindset barrier. So just get out of your own way. <laughs> That's the biggest one. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's a constant thing that we need to hear uh, as dietitians and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and supporters of our fellow colleagues. If you could just remind everybody where to find you on social because your content speaks directly to your ideal clients, hits on their pain points, and then people can see you going to the spa and loving life. And <laughs> that's super inspiring. That's Absolutely. Inspiring. Yes, you can find me at keto.girl.nutritionist. Thank you so much, Priscilla, for, for being on air today. It was, it was very wonderful to have you. Thank you for having me. If you're looking to start and grow your business, we have two opportunities. 
our society program to help you land your first clients and really get a system up and running, develop your message, create content, get your offer up and going and enroll in your offer. And then for our high-level executive program, for those of you who already are working with clients and do not have an issue with attracting clients, uh, me and my team will be able to help you get systems in place so that you can work less hours and make more money and truly scale your business. So whether you're looking to get started or you're looking to rev up your business, Dietitian Boss has opportunities for you. Please apply to our services found on my website at LibbyRothschild.com, or you can find in the show notes a link to apply.